Hey there, listeners. Welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who aren't quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Ashvin. I've got Brian on the phone. And on this week's episode, we're going to be reviewing the 2019 horror film Pet Cemetery, directed by Kevin Kolsch and Dennis Widmeyer, and starring Kevin Clark, Amy Siemitz. And this is the story about a family who finds a mysterious graveyard next to their new home. And we picked it because it's one of the highly anticipated uh, new releases of 2019. Um, Brian, I mean, this follows on the foot tales of uh, us, right? Yeah, April's the... Uh, wait, did us come out? Oh, us came out in March, I guess. But late yeah. March, April, it's a big month for horror movie releases. Yeah, and, and we have like the Curse of La Llorona coming out pretty soon, right? Yeah, La Llorona. Yeah. Oh, is it Llorona? Yeah, like Pollo. Uh, Oh, oh, the double L. Shoot. Speaking was... of you saying things wrong, I feel like this dude's name is Jason Clark, not Kevin Clark. Or did I write that down wrong? Oh, shoot. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I had Kevin Clark. Oh, you know, the it was directed by Kevin. You're right. I Kevin, think it is Kevin Jason Clark. Clark. I think yeah. it's Jason Yark. <laughs> it's, that, it's that silent Jane in the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, he looked uh, really familiar. Wait, do you recognize him from anything? He did look really familiar. I, th- I think I just recognize him from the trailers of Zero Dark Thirty because I've never seen that movie. Oh, I haven't either. Um, but yeah, uh, he has one of those faces. I, I think that's his biggest credit, but he might be in something else that that we know him from. Yeah, he actually has like a pretty long filmography, but I didn't recognize. Uh, I, I don't think I'd seen any of them. But it's just one of those faces, I guess. Yeah. Um, hey, did you uh, did you see the original Pet Cemetery back in like nineteen eighty nine? I did. Um, I mean, I don't. It wasn't 1989, but I think freshman year of high school, maybe it was a movie that me and my friends rented multiple times. Wow, multiple uh, times. I had this nice little group of friends, like freshman year of high school, where we watched a lot of horror horror VHSs. Nice. And yeah. why why did you guys rent it multiple times though? I don't know. Maybe we only rented it once, but I I could. I'm so. I have so many vivid memories of that movie that I could swear I've seen it multiple times. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I've, I feel like I only saw it once or twice, but it, yeah, there's something about that '89 uh, version kind of sticks with you. Like the, I mean, there's some like very iconic scenes from it, right? Oh God, yeah, Zelda. I think Zelda sticks with a lot of people. I, I just remember that scene where uh, someone slices the guy's um, uh, Achilles oh, yeah, heel. Oh yeah, the Achilles heel. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, if there are new listeners. Because this is a big movie, so sometimes we get new listeners. We spoil yeah. everything. So yeah. everything is spoiled on this show. Yeah, yeah. Um, We're gonna spoil even more than the trailers spoiled. Yeah, yeah. Which speaking of, I feel like the trailers really uh, gave the whole plot away for this one. Yeah, man. I'm I'm excited to talk about that. Ooh, but before we do, saying spoilers made me remember that at the end of this episode, we're gonna do a listener mail from our friend Scott about The Witch. So we'll warn you when it comes, but if you don't want to hear spoilers for The Witch at the end of it, we'll we'll let you know when to tune out. But that's coming up at the end. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Yeah. Awesome. But yeah, man, there is there was some controversy when that trailer came out. And here start the spoilers, so get out of here now if you don't want to hear anything. <laughs> but in the novel and in the 1989 movie, the novel's from 1983, by the way, I think. I don't mm-hmm. know if we mentioned that. It's the youngest son, Gage, who is a toddler who gets hit by a car and dies. Oh. But in this movie, the 
movie from this year, it is the older girl who gets hit by a car, Ellie. Yep. Which is a pretty big change, and and the trailers just ruin that. And and what about the 1989 version? Was that also the youngest son? Yep, Gage was dead. Gage, Gage was the one who was killed in both the novel and the original yeah. movie. Yeah, interesting. Uh, yeah, I didn't remember that detail. That's 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 fascinating. But but yeah, you're right. In, in the trailer, they basically like spell out for you like the whole plot, like. Pet's gonna die. There's a truck that like drives by it a number of times, and you see the daughter is gonna die and come back. So, I yeah, that was, that was a weird choice. I, I wasn't sure if it was because they just assumed everyone knows the story and has seen like the older version, or uh, they just messed up or something. I, I don't know. In general, you know my opinion on trailers that they reveal way too much. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if they thought it would be a way to lure people in to say, hey, this is different from the other one. Right. But. I think it was just a mistake. I, I mean, I don't right. think it was a mistake like an error. I think they chose deliberately to do it because they just try to make the best, creepiest trailer they can to get the most butts in the seats. Right. And I think it was an error on their or a poor choice because I agree. I think people people have very mixed reactions to this movie and there are more people that don't like it than I expected there to be after I walked out of the movie. I don't know how you feel, Mm -hmm. but I think part of that could be that the twist was already revealed and some of the tension that would have been there in the movie had you not known that was not there for those people who watched the trailer. I I agree. I mean, like, uh, you see the trailer and then this movie, you're just kind of waiting for like event A, B, C, D to happen. And so, right. yeah, by the time everything's on the trailer, it happens. Like the movie's pretty much over then. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. I, it angers yeah. me. It's and I, I luckily did not see the trailer. So, yeah. So, so, they, but there was still like an element of surprise for you then in terms of what happened. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I was the whole time expecting Gage to get hit by a car. Yeah. But that's like a minor twist. I mean, I feel like that with Pet Cemetery, everyone knows like the story. It's like there's a, a place where you go to bury things, they come back, and then eventually someone starts burying people there, and they start coming back, um, and and then that's how everything goes down. Um, I don't I don't know if the order of who goes in first matters that much, does it? That is what I got into a little bit of. I wouldn't say a debate, but a, a guy on Twitter told me that he didn't think this was that big of a twist. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of mm-hmm. how I feel. Which to me, I, I disagree. I think it is. I mean, I know that movies change things from the book and from the <laughs> original movie, but that's a pretty big plot point to change. I mean, one of the kids dies, uh, but I, I, I mean, yeah. So in, instead of the the son, it was the the daughter. Um, but I mean, like, does that really do anything to the story overall? I think it does, and I think that. So had you not seen the original movie? Uh, I did, but I forget. Like, I just remember, like, one of the kids dies. That's like I kind of oh, just chalk okay, it up gotcha. to that. Yeah, I think but, it makes the movie a little more exciting just because you're expecting one thing and then another thing happens. Sure. Yeah. So it's yeah. not like, oh my god, twist, but it's like, oh shit! <laughs> All right, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, yeah. and actually, that now that you say that, that's really interesting because I, I think they kind of lead you on to think that it's it's going to be the kid. Um, so that that makes a lot more sense now. Uh, I should I should probably watch the original again. Yeah, I wish I had to actually before this. And yeah. then some people are saying online that it gave Ellie the ability to talk more about death after she came back oh, and just to be a little kid. bit creepier and upsetting. 
Yeah. She understood more that she had died and come back. Yep. So I do think it made for a more interesting story. I think that was a good improvement, but yeah, I, I think for me, it was an exciting change of pace and made my theater experience and my viewing experience more enjoyable. And I think that was robbed of most. Sure. Most people were robbed of that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you go in there knowing that she's going to die. Yeah. 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 That's too bad that they, uh, there, there were some poor decisions I think on that trailer. Um, and, and yeah, they, they basically give the whole movie away. But yeah, we'll, we'll we'll talk about that more, I guess, in the in the review. Um, did you know that this movie has been like ten years in the making? Has it really? I didn't see that. I didn't yeah. dig too deep. Well, I, I guess it was like uh, the the whole thing was uh, it came about uh, like ten years ago where they hired the screenwriter. Which you're doing a remake. It, it surprises me that it would take that long to write uh, a plot line, especially given like you know this is for the most part pretty similar to the original, right? Yeah, there aren't any drastic changes except for yeah. what we. T- there are some. I mean, there are differences for sure, but the, the overall story is the same. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the guy who wrote the script, I think he also wrote a remake of Halloween, um, one of like the H two Os or whatever. Oh yeah, I think you're right. Yep. Um, you're a big fan of Stephen King, right? Sure. I mean, I'm not as big as of a fan as some people and I'm not as familiar with all of his work but mm-hmm. I love The Shining I love Misery I've read The Shining and Misery and some of his short stories yeah so and Creepshow I love so yeah I'm a fan I, there's yeah. so much of his work that I haven't consumed so yeah well I mean it's interesting because I feel like in the last year or two we've seen a lot of his stuff like The Shining Misery this one Gerald's Game It and it's, there's like another big It's coming out this year yeah, there's definitely a resurgence of Stephen Kingness, and Stranger Things itself is kind of an homage to Stephen King. Oh, in my sure. opinion. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. But uh, yeah, I, I kind of like see, you know, like in this film, I, I think you start to see a lot of parallels in his work, and you see a lot of like the same tropes, and it's always like uh, you know, even in this one, it's like a, a worn out like dad moving his family to a new place, kind of similar to The Shining, right? In that in that sense. Yeah, they're both largely about patriarchs um, kind of losing their shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That seems to be a strong theme uh, with his movies. Yeah. I mean, he's a he writes a lot based on his own personal experience. So, yeah, you do see a lot of consistency. Yeah. And uh, it was like the New England theme, some something going down. Uh, even though I think this movie was actually shot in Canada, but supposedly it's main in the film. Um and I think I have no idea what order we're going to release episodes in. I can't remember now, but we talked about Mercy Black just before this. Um, and we mm-hmm. talked about how kids are reduced to the role of just a creepy kid in a lot of horror movies. But yeah. I think Stephen King is somebody who, and I'm pretty sure he's a dad, like understands that a child is a person and treats them as such mm-hmm. in his scripts and his stories. Yeah. Do you feel like in in this movie? I I mean, I guess you're you're right. Like, because uh, the kid is actually kind of like a scary uh, a vehicle to like bring out the scares rather than just being like scared and spooked the whole time. Like, she kind of becomes the scary presence. Um. So I so you kind of appreciate this role of a kid versus other ones where they're just like these victims. Yeah, I did, and it's not like that. Yeah, it's not the stereotypical creepy kid. It's basically she's creepy because she died and came back. That would be creepy yeah. for anybody. Yep. But before she dies, and even after, she has thoughts and opinions and discussions and 
Yeah. It's, it's, and I know that some other creepy kids that I'm speaking diminutively about do the same, but it's just <laughs> elevated to me. Uh, yeah, that, that's a good point. I mean, uh, and then I also think about like the kid in The Shining too. I mean, similarly, like, yeah, they, they, they're you're bought into their characters a little bit more than I think how some other directors and writers treat kids. Yeah. Um, I wonder, do you see, cause like I, I equate this movie with like the period of like Cujo, uh, like Carrie, um, you know, like some of those classics. I, I wonder if those are going to get remade the way they're doing like Pet Cemetery and It now. I'm sure there's going to be another one or two Stephen King remakes coming down the pike. Carrie was remade not that long ago with your girl, Chloe Grace. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think that was before I was following her on Instagram. I think you're right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, was that any good? I haven't seen it yet. Okay. Um, so some of these movies, I mean, I, I know I read some reviews that were like, you know, maybe this is one that should have stayed in the grave or like not come back from the dead, which I thought was kind of clever because that's like the whole plot of the movie, but sometimes uh, dead is better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. So I, I don't know. It'll be interesting when we get to the review to see if we thought like this one was worthy of a remake or not. Yeah. Um, any I'm other, interested. Yeah, I, I think it's doing pretty well at the box office. After opening weekend, it's brought in about $43 million on a budget of $20 million. So it seems to be off to a good start in proving that horror movies can draw people into theaters. Um, any other background to mention on this one? That's all I have other than the fact that John Lithgow, who is one of the stars of this movie, lived in Akron, Ohio for some of his early life. Wow, really? I didn't he know that. Lived at Stan Hewitt Hall. Are you, are you familiar with Stan Hewitt? Yeah. Wait, he lived in Stan Hewitt Hall? He did. So Stan Hewitt, for those of you that don't know, is on the pla- on the Register of National Historic Places. It was the home of F.A. Cyberling, who started Goodyear Tire and Rubber Company. Mm-hmm. So now you can tour the house. It's kind of like a museum. It's one of the largest private residences in the country, I think. How did um, How did John end up living there? So his dad served as the estate's first executive director. Okay. So while that was happening, the family lived on the property. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I had no idea. He he lived in Ohio. That's great. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Cool. Cool. Good, 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 uh, good talent to call our own. Yeah. All right. Indeed. Well, should we take a break and then jump into the spoilers? Let's do it. All right. More spoilers. Yeah. I know. I feel like Rudy gave a lot away. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm going to step outside. My my dog just went in the garage. I want to see what he's doing. So I'll I'll go see what's up. I'll be right back. Okay. Sounds good. All right. All right, Brian, I'm back. Yeah, is everything okay? Yeah, my, my dog was uh, trying to cut the brake lines on my car. Uh, <laughs> it's been really weird. She's been doing all this weird stuff, trying to get me in trouble, like, trying to kill me. And it's ever since, uh, I, well, it all started like two days ago when she died and I put her in the dumpster outside. Uh, she came back and now she's like trying to cut my brake tires. The other day she was like messing with my taxes and like, you know, I was going to file my taxes and, and she was like messing all these numbers up. I, I feel like she's just back and trying to screw me over somehow. <laughs> That's no joke. 
know. Did, this, did the dumpster say pet dumpster and dumpster was misspelled? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know that one? <laughs> pet dumpster. Yeah. Shoot. I was looking for the dumpster and I came to the dumpster. <laughs> yeah. And now, and now the dog's just a terrible dog now. Maybe we should make a spoof called Pet Dermster. <laughs> yeah. About these pets that come up and just try to undermine your existence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, uh, basically, the climax of the film is the dog messing with the tax return. <laughs> yeah. Changing up your Spotify playlist. <laughs> All right. Uh, so the story, um, you know, I think it's a story that... It, well, I mean, we, uh, the plot, if you didn't watch the trailer, and which reveals it all, uh, it's, it's pretty simple. So uh, this doctor, Dr. Lewis Creed, moves into this new home in this fictional town of Ludlow, Maine. He has a wife named Rachel and two kids named Ellie and Gage. And right when they move in, like the first thing we see is like the semi-trucks flying down the street. And that's kind of foreshadowing um, that, you know, obviously something uh, menacing is going to happen that might involve a truck. Uh, we meet the neighbor, Judd, played by John Lithgow, and he's like your typical guy living on his own in the boonies, um, you know, t- typical kind of guy out there. Um, also in their backyard, there's a creepy cemetery uh, that has these pets buried in, and, and you know, someone's written Pet Cemetery, um, but obviously they, they spelled cemetery wrong. And we see this like line of kids with wearing masks and banging a drum walking towards it, which I thought was a scary visual, but we never really, that, that never really ties back to anything, does it? No, it doesn't, other than the fact that there's lore around this place and people like to do rituals. Yeah, yeah, they do rituals, right? I feel like that was basically there just to have some scary element towards the beginning of the movie. Right, something haunting that's going to stick with you, which I I thought it was kind of creepy. Yeah. Um, So then there's this scene where uh, Lewis is, you know, at work, he's uh, treating a patient whose head is like falling, falling out, like his brain is sticking out. And uh, this patient who's passed away suddenly like comes to life and warns Lewis of something like, you know, someday you're going to break a barrier, like don't break the barrier, don't cross it. So it's just kind of like warning him. And I think that's similar to something we've seen in other Stephen King films, right? Like a dead character acting as uh, a warning. Hmm. Like think about like in The Shining, like the, the bartender. I don't know that the bartender is warning as much as goading. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. On. I think the warning in The Shining comes from Halloran, the the chef. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, he was kind of the warning there. Hmm. But I yeah. do think you're right. I feel like there is something else in Stephen King's canon where that happens, but... Yeah, I'm wondering now if it's like the original Pet Cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> Did you notice this movie's pretty similar to this? Yeah, no. there are a lot of similarities and parallels between this one. <laughs> There's no that's Yeah, I, I don't know. For some reason, I, I thought uh, that's something he does often, where he'll, he'll have like a apparition appear that uh, kind of warns people. I don't. I, that's not uncommon in ghost or supernatural movies in general. Okay, one spirit that's warning yeah. somebody, and maybe other spirits that are evil. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And, and we'll see this guy like pop up again throughout the film. Yep. But, uh, anyway, so things take a turn when the cat dies and Lewis is like kind of worried about how his daughter is going to take it. And, um, the neighbor Judd, you know, realizing that, you know, the daughter is going to be broken up. Uh, they, he, he takes, he leads Lewis to this 
thing behind the pet cemetery, like they walk down like this crazy path that leads to this hill that they walk up on, up and and, and like take these stair stairways up to like this kind of almost mountainous kind of place. And uh, he's instructs him to bury the cat there. And so he doesn't really know what's going on. Uh, Lewis, so he, so Lewis just, you know, buries the cat there and they come home. Um, the next day, Lewis is getting ready to tell Ellie about the cat. And Ellie says, no, the cat, you know, is back. She's here. She's hanging out by in the closet and they go and look and yeah, the cat's back, but she's kind of messed up looking and her hair sticking all over and not as friendly probably as, as the cat used to be. Um, so the cat starts acting up and is eating dead birds and scratching people. So Lewis kind of has, has it, or he's had it with a cat. And so he goes to get rid of her. Um, and I think he kind of confronts, uh, Judd about this and Judd explains that there's a cemetery and it brings people or it brings things back, but not in the same way. I don't know if there was any more background story on Pet Cemetery or the, the origins of it. Do you, do you remember? They, there is something later in the film that makes you think that the, is it a cryptozoological creature? The Wendigo? Oh yeah, they mentioned the Wendigo. Yeah, you're right. Right. Might be responsible somehow. Like, yeah. Um, but I think it's left a little, I think that is the point that the Wendigo is, is maybe responsible, but Mm. I didn't really catch that until I'm reading up on it afterwards. Okay. Yeah, there's some some loose explanation for why things come back. Yeah. Um. So the next, uh, there's a birthday party. Uh, Ellie's older, and uh, and they're playing outside, and she runs into the streets, and both kids are in the streets, and uh, I guess this is what you mean, like where in the first movie the kid, the the young the younger brother dies, but Hold and, on. did you just say there's a birthday party? Ellie's older. <laughs> yeah, isn't that what happens at birthday parties? <laughs> What do you, what do you do at birthday parties? You are parties? older to you. <laughs> yeah. That's, I'm pretty sure that's how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Continue. So, so both kids are out in the streets and Brian, I, I think this is where like this twist comes out to you where, uh, you probably thought the young kid was going to die. Uh, me, I, I mean, I, I didn't remember the first movie and I just saw the trailer. So I knew the Ellie was going to die. So he, the dad runs out in the street, saves the kid. But the truck kind of like uh, you know takes skids, and Ellie ends up getting hit by the truck and dying. So she's dead. Uh, the family is grief stricken. Um, there's a funeral, and the wife takes off uh, to go to the in-laws for a few days because she it kind of you know it's too traumatic to be there. And Lewis hangs back because he's got some things to take care of. Um, and so what he does is he uh, goes to the grave, uh, takes her, takes his daughter out, digs his daughter up, and takes her out. And sure enough, goes to Pet Cemetery and buries her there. And then suddenly she shows up, um, and he finds her in the house. And this is like where we get the scary Ellie, where she knows she's dead and she's kind of evil now and kind of emo, and she's just like talking <laughs> about uh, things that you know are kind of crazy. And she's gotten like pretty dark. Yeah, she's definitely a little emo. Yeah, and and he he's like giving her a bath and combing her hair, and it's like all clumped together. And then there's like some stitches in the back of her head. Did you see that? Yeah, I did not understand that. Yeah, who stapled her head back together? That's the Wendigo, maybe. Yeah, he's just at that graveyard with a stapler going around putting bodies back together. Yep. Pretty crazy. He's uh, had centuries to practice his surgical skills. <laughs> Yeah, 
<laughs> so uh so yeah so uh he's he's brought uh ellie back and he hasn't really told anyone he's trying to keep it a secret and she's like acting out she's obviously not ellie she's breaking things she's kind of got this crazy uh flair in her and the neighbor judd kind of figures out what's happened because he sees her at a window so he goes back and i think he's loading up a gun because he needs he knows he needs to like go kill her because she's not really ellie she's this evil uh thing i guess but before he can do that, she shows up at his house and attacks him, stabs him a bunch of times, and the, and the cat's there watching. So it's it's a pretty gruesome scene that, that goes on. And we get that scene of cartilage being cut out of an ankle again, which, I don't know, that was, that was pretty gross. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a rough scene. There was a lot of, like, teasing in there, too, because you know that's an iconic scene in the original movie, the Achilles right. slit. So they kind of build up to it and then it doesn't happen and you're like, oh, but then it happens anyway. Yeah, it's funny, like that scene and then the scene with the kids in the street, like I mean, now that you've told me that the son was the one that died, I feel like both of those are purposefully giving nods to the older one or like getting you to like think, oh, it's going to be just like the original and then purposely like setting you up for that. Yeah, they definitely play with your expectations based on the original movie and I, I really like that. Yeah, yeah, um, me too. Yeah, I feel like the original, last year, the remake of Halloween, or I guess not remake, but the new Halloween did that a lot and people were all about it, but yeah, I feel like people didn't really appreciate it as much. Maybe they did, but I yeah. appreciated it. I know, yeah, I, I, I liked that. I thought it was kind of a good way to pay, uh, pay tribute to that. By the way, a mortician probably would have sewn up her head because, oh. you know. Oh, so not the Wendigo is probably mortician for her funeral. I see. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That solves that. All right. Wait a minute. The mortician was named Wendy Go. <laughs> so it was Wendy Go. <laughs> she's, she's at it again. That was her, her fine work. Lord. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so now that the neighbors been murdered, uh, Lewis's wife comes back home. Um, and, uh, you know, she wants to be with her husband and suddenly she sees Ellie has like shown up from the dead and Ellie tries to embrace her, but Lewis's wife is just freaked out by this whole thing. And, uh, I, th- I think she's not, you know, she's saying, you know, my daughter died. This isn't my daughter. She's not, you know, kind of embracing her. And so then, uh, Ellie kind of makes a comment that, well, you know, um, she doesn't belong here or something. But anyway, Ellie attacks uh, her and, and ends up killing Lewis's wife. Um, and then it knocks out Lewis. And then Ellie takes uh, Lewis's wife or her mother uh, to bury her in Pet Cemetery. So when Lewis comes to, uh, he goes to like find his wife and see what's happened. And then he gets into this battle with Ellie in the Pet Cemetery. And it's it's kind of an interesting scene where he's battling like a young girl. Um I don't know. Did, did did that seem awkward to you? <laughs> um, not really, because I was prepared for it based on the battle with his toddler in the original oh, one. There was a battle with this a toddler is, in the first one. The entire story is really dark. Yeah, yeah, it is. That that that's one thing. Like this whole movie, like you're pretty tense. Like it's a, there isn't like a lot of moments of like brightness or comedy or anything. It's just like pretty heavy and dark. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's about. About grief and guilt and losing your kid and yeah, and then it just keeps getting darker. Yeah. So yeah, he he's like trying to murder now like this daughter that he's brought back, 
But before he can do that, he's murdered by his wife, his dead wife, who's come back from the dead after Ellie had buried her in Pet Cemetery. So the the movie ends on a scene of the the three of them who have all been murdered now and like are basically like these zombie Pet Cemetery people walking towards this car where their youngest son Gage is like still alive and waiting for them to like come get uh you know get him and has no idea that, like you know and these aren't his parents these are actually these dead um demonic things or whatever and that's that's where it ends i, I think the house is on fire too at this point but that's yeah that's i think it. they burn the house down or did they burn judd's house down or their house down yeah i couldn't tell like what, what they were doing like and, and where they were going what their motivations were like that, that, that think, was kind of scary yeah i can't remember what the motivations are in the book or in the original for burning shit down but i think it's judd's house they burn down oh okay okay and Just then I get, think as they're coming towards the car, the scene goes to black and you hear the car door unlock. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. Which, yeah, I mean, you're just you're just filled with dread that whole time. Like, oh, my God, how much worse can this get? And then seeing yeah. them walk towards that toddler like that, like, damn. They, I, don't, I haven't seen this mentioned a lot. I didn't, I haven't read up a ton on this, but the first scene of the movie is a car with blood I think maybe on the windshield and some of the oh. maybe the window and the driver's side door and then a trail of blood leading to the house. You're right. Yeah, I forgot about I'm that. I'm interpreting that as like the final scene, the sequentially the last thing that happened, and that's what happens after they unlock the door. They kill Gage and drag him in the house. Wow. Oh my god. Yeah. I totally, I totally forgot about that opening scene. But yeah, you're right. That must be a and and so that house wasn't on fire then. I guess at the end, you're, I think you're right. It was the neighbor's house. Yeah, but I don't know yeah. why they would drag Gage into the house instead of directly to the, the cemetery, cemetery to bury him. Ah, I don't know. Maybe they, they go inside, they kill him there, and then they walk him over to the cemetery. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know how else to explain that opening scene because nobody gets hit by that car. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah, that, <laughs> that opening scene, I, I guess it's just kind of like fore, foreshadowing what's going to happen, right? Yeah, yeah, but it also kind of throws you off. Because I was like, oh, in the story, you got hit by a truck when I saw that opening scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was like, well, maybe, maybe they hit him with the car on accident or something. Right, right. So, yeah, yeah, pretty pretty dark. And, and then uh, throughout this movie, there's that side story going on with, with Zelda, which is the wife's sister. And I, I thought these were some really scary sequences about how she had this sister growing up who had like a lot of spinal uh, deformities. And you just see like these kind of, and, and she kind of was responsible for her death. Like she fell down in uh, an elevator in the house. Um, or what do you call those things? A dumbwaiter. Yeah, dumbwaiter, yeah. And um, and throughout the movie, like you kind of see these flashbacks or imaginations of her, which I thought also was like really scary. Yeah, that was definitely, I think, one of the scariest parts of the original for a lot of people. Hmm. Yeah, I don't, but I don't the flashbacks remember. were like her sister Zelda being like a ghoulish being almost. Yeah, no, I'll also watch the original again because I, I don't remember Zelda from the first one. That kind of caught me by surprise on this one. Yeah, yeah, it'd be a good one to rewatch. Yep. Um, and then I, I liked. I think the movie ended with the song "Pet Cemetery" by the Ramones, but I think it was a cover. But I, I thought it was a, a good ending. Yeah, was that is that truly a song by the Ramones? Yeah, I guess they wrote a song called Pet Cemetery. Oh, nice. And actually, um, in the novel, I think Stephen King references the Ramones. You know, like, I, I don't know, have you read his books where, like, he'll, he'll have, like, song quotes throughout or something? 
Oh, no, I don't... I mean, maybe, but that doesn't jump out to me. Yeah, I think I've seen that in two or three of his books, and, and I know he references the Ramones and, and Pet Cemetery. So then right. Ramones wrote a song called Pet Cemetery, and then they had a cover of it in this one. Nice, and I think the truck driver in this was listening to the Ramones when he hit oh. Ellie. Wow, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, so what, what did you think? Um, you know, I actually really liked it. Um, I think it kind of explored, I mean, the story itself is good. It explores a lot of themes, like even explaining death to your kids was a big theme, yeah. kind of. Um, the Zelda backstory of the mom sets up the fact that she's got this difficult relationship with death and she wants to shield it shield her kids from the concept of death as long as possible and the dad is a doctor so he just wants to explain it as a natural part of life yeah and they butt heads a little bit about that um which kind of just makes a richer story and there's themes of guilt over the child's death and the mom Mm -hmm. and her sister's death uh grief and wanting to get your fam- make your family whole again after this tragedy. Uh, so I thought it was a pretty emotional journey. At least it was for me. But yeah. then at the end, I think it went a little horror movie heavy bonkers, just like Hereditary did. But I felt that for me, I was pretty invested emotionally in the movie at that point. So I wanted more emotional resolution than it gave at the end. So I, I wasn't crazy about the ending and it also felt pretty rushed at the end. Mm, yeah. Yeah. The, the ending, yeah, it did seem kind of like one kill after another, just bodies just started falling, people being brought back. Yeah. What did you think? Uh, yeah. I, 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 it's interesting to hear you talk about like the, the depth there. Cause uh, you're right. I mean, I, I kind of overlooked that, but it's, it is a cool, um, dynamic between the husband and wife, like where one wants to explain death, the other one doesn't want to talk about it. And, and I like that they kind of throughout the film dive into her childhood experience and the grief and, um, uh, the guilt that she's been carrying all these years and how those kind of manifest into these things that she sees, um, constantly. So I, I guess that, that is really cool to build them up. But yeah, I, I feel like all of that kind of gets forgotten as soon as like the pet cemetery plot kicks in and then it just becomes, oh, you buried someone, now they're back and they're going to kill you and then you're going to die and go in. So yeah, it did, it did kind of like build up this story and emotion uh, and and like these characters with death, but then at the end it kind of became more of just, you know, a slaughterhouse, I guess. Yeah. Um, and, and then and then uh, it also felt, uh, I think just because of the, the trailer and having seen the last one, it did feel very much like... Uh, you know, back to back events, and you're just waiting for like every, everyone is kind of just waiting for that daughter to die because you know she's gonna die and come back, and um, yeah, I mean that that's kind of and, and, and that's basically like the whole movie pretty much. So I, yeah, that, uh, yeah, that that part I thought was kind of ruined. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. And that's a shame. Yeah, yep. Uh, but I I don't know I I I thought the I thought it was actually really scary, which um you know it's, it's kind of rare so I guess. Too. Yeah, <laughs> like that, that last, I think, you're, you know, it's a good comparison to Hereditary, like that last half hour. Uh, oh my God, man, I feel like that, you know, just kept getting worse and worse. Yeah, and a lot of people said, oh, it's just a bunch of jump scares, but I kind of felt some dread building. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think I it's interesting. A lot of people really don't seem to like this movie or just are super underwhelmed, but yeah, I, I do not feel that way. I, I really enjoyed it. 
it's one of those odd scary movies where the critics review I think is it's I think it's like 56 and then the audience is like lower at like 40 or something yeah yeah I was I was surprised yeah usually with horror it's the opposite but I I think that kind of speaks to you know your point that um I yeah because I I don't think it was just jump out scares I think there was just like general sense of dread throughout and uh, as you're watching it, you're just like scared of what's going to happen next pretty much yeah yeah because yeah. I feel like you're emotionally invested in the family at least I was right and yeah. even uh Judd the neighbor I really liked the relationship between uh Judd and and uh Lewis the dad yeah I thought Lithgow did a really good job yeah yeah he, he played his character well though uh, I, you know, I, I guess they give him some good backstory. Like, you know, you knew he had a wife and, you know, he had a dog. So yeah, he was pretty believable as someone you'd run yeah, into. Yeah. I think his backstory is even more fleshed out in the original, but, um, I, th- I thought it was fine. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and I, I liked the, the image of the kids with those masks on. I, th- I thought that was pretty scary, but it, it kind of bothered me that that never really had anything to do with the story. Yeah. Yeah, I, one other thing that kind of took me out of it is when they did bury the cat, Lithgow and um, Lewis, mm-hmm. the, it was so obvious that they were like on a green screen. Like the background was oh. very fake looking. Yeah, they. I, I mean, that. yeah, that whole background and that whole landscape where they were on when they got to the pet cemetery, uh, it was just like so like this isn't the back of some woods in Maine. This is like you're in like some other dimension or something. Yeah, it did have that feeling. Although Maine gets pretty gnarly, I, I will say that. Oh, okay. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it was just, it was just like, why? Like, yeah, you presumably have these wood. Like, they shot it in some woods, and they were in um, shoot, I guess they were in Montreal. But it seems like in Canada, you don't have to go far to get some pretty remote stuff. Like, just right. go to a slightly creepier section of the woods and film it. I know. I know. I almost think the woods would be creepier than than like this weird place that like looks pretty fake, and that had yeah, like these it was stairs like this leading up rocky to rocky plateau. Yeah, with like they didn't have like stairs leading up to it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> kind of felt like an adventure film suddenly. Yeah, it got a little weird. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Zero to five slit Achilles heels. What would you give this one? You know, I give it a four slit Achilles heels. Damn man, that's good. That's good. Yeah, man. I, there was a while during it where I was like, "This might be a five for me," but uh, wow, the the ending kind of kind of slowed it down for me. Yeah. yeah, I I feel like I'm on a different planet with everybody else. I I really enjoyed this, and <laughs> yeah. I really love getting to the theater too. I think sometimes I get a little bit of a theater high since I don't <laughs> go that often. Yeah, yeah. No, there's definitely that. And was there like a good crowd when you saw it? It was weird. There was a media. There weren't that many people there, but everybody was sitting in my row. <laughs> like there were a ton of seats open, but both of the seats immediately next to me were occupied. Oh my God. That's kind of creepy. <laughs> Cause I, I chose my seat really early and it's like the ideal seat in the theater. Yeah. It's right dead in the middle and there's no seat in front of it. Yep. So everybody was just crowded around me. So it was, it felt like it was a crowded theater, but it, it was probably a third, <laughs> a quarter to a third full. Yeah. The ideal seat was right next to Brian. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I agree. I, I think this was a, a, lot, a lot of fun to watch and pretty scary. Uh, and again, the only thing that ruined it for me was uh, kind of knowing what's going to happen and just like kind of waiting for the events to unfold. Um, so I don't know. I, I think because of that, I'd, I'd have to give it like a, a three and a half, I think. But um, yeah. def- definitely scary and a fun watch. Yeah, I agree. Yep. 
Cool. Well, uh, what do, you got some uh, some uh, fan reviews for The Witch on us or for us? Yeah, yeah. So I guess this is maybe our first listener mail segment. Um, it's from our friend Scott. And it's about The Witch, and it's going to spoil The Witch. So if you don't want The Witch to be spoiled for you, you can tune out now. Uh, otherwise, I'm just going to try to read what Scott emailed to me uh, or maybe paraphrase it. And I think this is a little bit in keeping with one of your theories about the film. So Scott's theory is there is no witch and the daughter herself did all the things Mm -hmm. on account of religious psychosis slash suppression, abuse, shrooms, whatever you want to call it, uh, and without any supernatural element involved. Hmm. He said this seems like the opposite of the consensus take uh, as opinion after its release centered around taking the existence of the witch slash coven for granted. He's resting his case on a number of things. Uh, Thomason is there slash around for all the bad things happen. The baby disappearing at the beginning. Yeah. Her brother disappears after being with her and his encounter with the witch in the woods is highly sexual, which comes after scenes of pubescent sexual tension with him and his sister Thomason. Yeah. Um, So theoretically, his witch encounter could be a fantasized vision of something happening between the two of them. Right. And then Thompson is with the twins when they disappear and she miraculously survives. Mm-hmm. And then his theory is the deaths of her parents play out as they actually do in reality or as we see them in the movie. And most importantly, he thinks a clue that he thinks is strange that it hasn't been considered more in criticism of the film. A clue is that after killing her mother, she goes into the house and puts her head down on the table and the screen cuts to an inordinately suspiciously long black long enough that in cinema language, the viewer understands that something has been signaled slash something is different. And his take on that is that what follows black Phillip speaking and the coven of which is levitating is either a dream or a further fantastic depiction of the psychosis slash delusion that has been driving her this whole time and not something actually happening. Wow. So, uh, when she puts her head down at the end and closes her eyes, it's not that like, um, the movie cuts to like later that night. It's like now we're like in her fantasy now. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, uh, very intriguing. It is a lot more believable than a witch in the woods. <laughs> and I asked him about the scene where we see the actual witch cutting the baby. Yeah. During which like none of the other characters are present. And he said he took any witch scenes as fabulations. What word? <laughs> Did you say fa- fa- fabulations? Fabulations. Nice. Uh, showing us what Thomason imagined she was doing as she hurt the baby slash brother as that religious environment pushed her between innocence slash piousness and an embrace slash acceptance of herself as a witch. Wow. Since they were accusing her of being one anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that because she was like young, susceptible. I mean, wh- why wouldn't she be, uh, you know, bought into that whole uh, culture of, of witched? Yeah. But then how does the baby disappear? Um, and maybe she just threw it really far. <laughs> Got a hell of an arm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like, they're out in the middle of nowhere. She could easily have, like, killed it and just buried it somewhere, right? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's a really interesting view of it. I'm Yeah, I'm surprised. I haven't heard that theory before. Yeah. And I think you kind of uh, you hinted at it at the end of our episode, and I think I just shut you down. 
<laughs> I'm sorry I don't let your theories thrive. <laughs> well, no, I mean, because, I, yeah, there, there's just so many uh, questions in that movie. Uh, I mean, like, even, like, I mean, you could say the same thing about, well, I guess you couldn't say the same thing about the twins, but I think of that whole movie, The Witch, the witch is actually a questionable character. Like, you don't know if she's really not. And that plays into the whole idea of the witches at that time and, you know, people calling witch on things that, you know, could be just human-driven or, you know, like that kid who got sick. I mean, maybe he just uh, was out in the rain or, like, bad things happen and they just pointed to someone or scapegoated. But, uh, yeah, her actually playing, like, an active hand in that, I think uh, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's a cool theory. I I'll, like it. I'll ask her on Instagram if, if, if that's the case. <laughs> Shoot, shoot Anya a note. Yeah. That, our, our next uh, listener mail will be from uh, Anya Taylor-Joy. <laughs> yeah. Like, stop liking all my photographs. <laughs> we jump from a listener that's actually just our friend yeah. to a celebrity. We don't go anywhere in the middle with a listener who we don't <laughs> exactly. know. Exactly. Yeah. If you don't fall into one of those camps, you're wasting your time. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Scott, for sharing that. That's, that's, that's pretty eye-opening. Yeah. Thanks, Scott. I'll hear from you again in three years. <laughs> That's all the way from uh, Europe, right? Yeah, from Germany. Nice, nice. Cool, international fan base. Yep. All right, anything else to add? That's it. All right, well, that's all for this episode, folks. We hope you enjoyed our discussion today about Pet Cemetery. If you want to join the discussion, we encourage you to follow Horror Movie Club podcast on Facebook and Twitter. We're at Horror Movie Pod on Twitter or shoot us an email at podcast at horrormovieclub.com. And be sure to check Facebook or Twitter out for next week's movie in case you want to watch it before the next episode. Um, if you like this episode, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Leave us a review. Um, if you have thoughts on the movie, you know, we'd also love to hear that, so post it on our Facebook. Uh, our logo is by Amy May Pop Art, so check her out on Etsy.com. And until next time, if you're out of Staples, go see Wendigo. She's got you covered. Mm-hmm.